For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're tuned into the Believe in Bengals show with Solomon Wilcox and Pac-Man Jones. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Believe in Bengals podcast delivered by 828 Logistics. Solomon Wilcox here and have to apologize for my good friend, Adam Pac-Man Jones. Had a medical emergency, so we are hoping that he and his family members are going to be okay. But you get me flying solo instead. That's right. Cincinnati Bengals checking in at 5-4 and four as they prepare to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers in their second matchup of the 2022 season. Remember, let's stop down for a little bit because I think there are a lot of anxiety in Bengals Nation with the Cincinnati Bengals checking in at a 5-4 and four record after nine games. But if you think back, this is exactly where the Cincinnati Bengals were at this time last year after their first nine games. They went on to win five of the next eight, going five and three down the stretch. We finished 10 and seven. I think we can do that again in 2022. We can win five out of the next eight games. I think it'll be good enough to get the Bengals into the postseason. Who knows? We might win them all. We might go eight no down the stretch. But it starts with taking care of the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday, on the road in Pittsburgh. Right now, let's go back and take a look at what took place week one. This one still gnaws at me because I think the Bengals definitely could have won that game. I think we were unanimous in understanding that this game was so close. It was a game where the Bengals lost 23-20 to in overtime. It was a game where the Bengals would turn it over uh, five times. Our quarterback, Joe Burrow, was sacked seven times it really got us off to the worst start possible you could not have scripted uh, a worse start to the 2022 season for the Cincinnati Bengals for Joe Burrow and the Bengals offense and even for our kicker Evan McPherson remember we had an extra point blocked at the end of regulation sent it into overtime uh, I could check so many boxes as to why the Bengals should have won that game but we did it right we didn't win it we allowed our quarterback to get hit too much. And we turned it over way too much to even win the game. We'd have been fortunate to turn it over that much five times and still come away a winner. However, the Cincinnati Bengals are a much different team now. So are the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I just believe that right now the Bengals are clicking. We're hitting on all cylinders. Uh, we've got the run game going. I think the offensive line has jailed. If we think back to what this team was, in week one, we had our quarterback, Joe Burrow, coming off an appendectomy surgery without playing at all throughout uh, the preseason and really coming into the regular season far less than optimal to be playing at his best. And by the second half of that game, he looked better. By the second half of that game, he was shredding the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. And I got to believe he'll be able to do that week 11 when they take on the Pittsburgh Steelers the second time around. 
What's different for uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers right now? Look, they're running the ball a little bit better. Uh, they're coming off a game where they had over 200 yards rushing uh, last week against the New Orleans Saints. So we are going to have to deal with their run game. We're going to have to deal with Najee Harris uh, and stop them from running the football. But I think the Bengals right now, if we were to talk about the state of the team at the halfway point, our offense is clicking. And that's saying a lot without Jamar Chase in the lineup, who, of course, will not be playing in this game. You go back to week one, Jamar Chase had 10 catches over 100 yards receiving in that game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He tends to shred them every time he plays them. I'm sure if there's anyone happy that Jamar Chase is not going to be playing in this game, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers secondary. And we're going to tell you a little bit more about them coming up a little bit later in the show as to why I think the Bengals still, without Jamar Chase, um, are heavily favored to put up huge numbers against the Pittsburgh Steelers secondary. But if we were just to stop down and look at these two teams back week one and try to project where they are right now, I would say the Pittsburgh Steelers are just treading even. Uh, the offense hasn't taken flight. They're running the ball maybe a little bit better, but they're still performing uh, below expectation and struggling in, in so many areas offensively. They traded away their best receiver and Chase Claypool, even though the rookie out of Georgia, George Pickens, I think he's going to be a handful. I think this guy is going to be their next great receiver. So I want to give him credit. I don't think we can rest on our laurels given what's happened to our secondary. And I'll tell you more about that coming up a little bit later. For me, I just rest on the fact that I know the Cincinnati Bengals has won three of their last four games against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Despite us stubbing our toe in that week one contest, we lost that game in overtime despite the five turnovers, despite allowing seven sacks. Um, what I love about where our team is now is that we're getting Joe Burrow back under center a little bit more. What that does, it helps our run game. It sort of disguises our intent. Um, as to whether or not we're going to give it to Joe Burrow, I mean, excuse me, give it to Joe Mixon, or if we're going to pull it and go play action pass and take shots down the field. It gives us a little bit more mystery um, in the run game where we can get Joe Burrow under center. And I also think it helps our offensive linemen to fire off with the power run game and get better movement up front. It allows us to protect our quarterback, uh, Joe Burrow, better and play action pass. And all the data shows that when you run play action pass, especially on first down, your receivers tend to get greater separation on the back end against opposing defenses. So by throwing more on first down with Joe Burrow under center, we can attack uh, defenses in our passing game so much more effectively. Um, we're so much more efficient in throwing the ball on first down from under center where play action pass really does help not only the receivers, not only the offensive line, but it also gives Joe Burrow more time to survey the field. We can protect our quarterback better. 30 sacks through the first uh, nine games is probably the most alarming of any of the metrics as we measure what the Bengals have done so far this season. We got to be better. We got to protect Joe Burrow so much more than we have been. And I know because you know I've said this right here on Valley Sports Ohio, right here on the Believe in Bengal podcast. I say it to Adam Jones every single week. We got to protect our quarterback. We spent $70 million 
on an offensive line that I believe would begin to yield much better results in the second half of the season. It can't get any worse, that's for sure. Our quarterback has been sacked at least 100 times since the start of the 1920, or excuse me, the 2021 season, 19. Right, that's last century. Yeah, but we hit the century mark. It comes in terms of sacks on Joe Burrow. So that's why I'm about to say in 19, whatever. Yeah, yeah. we've hit the century mark. Our quarterback has been sacked a hundred times since the start of last season. So we can't help but get better. And I think part of getting better in terms of protecting Joe Burrow is leaning more into the run game. We're going to talk about that a little bit more because I think that's one of the biggest differences when it comes to uh, who we are as a football team in terms of the Cincinnati Bengals in week 11, based on who we were in week one. Um, And so, yeah, the Steelers came away with a win, but I think these are two different teams 10 weeks later from week one to week 11. Think about this. Cincinnati Bengals, 0-3 inside of the AFC North so far this season. we got to get our first win inside of the division. Do you know that the Bengals have only made the playoffs once, going back to, I think it was 2011. Bengals go um, two and four in the AFC North and still made the playoffs. Only once have we finished sub-500 in the division and still made the playoffs. So we got to at least get to um, three and three, right? Uh, And maybe even... Um, if we went out, that's where we can finish right there at 500. Now, if you were to ask me about the Pittsburgh Steelers, what's the difference between the Steelers week one when they came in, stole one at Paycor Stadium in overtime, 23 to 20 was the final in that game. The difference with this team now, is I can tell you right now, Pittsburgh Steelers will put up a fight. If you expect the fact that we have Joe Burrow, we've got maybe all the goods, maybe a better roster at this point because they're playing without their future Hall of Fame quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger. They're not playing with Mitchell Trubisky, who we who we saw in the week one contest, who was timid and shy, right? They're playing with a rookie now. And Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett struggles. Um, high, high number of interceptions. He's still figuring it out. He at that he's at that point in his career. But I will tell you this: Kenny Pickett is decisive. He is not timid. He is not willing to take a shot at your defense. Uh, where I thought Mitchell Trubisky might might have been a little bit timid, a little bit unsure of himself. You cannot say that about Kenny Pickett. Come hell or high water, he's going to sling it. He's going to give his wide receivers a chance to make some plays. And so I think that makes them a little bit different. Maybe his ambition um, is out, maybe reaches his real ability to execute at this early stage of his career, but he's going to give it a shot. But he's also going to give us a shot to make some plays defensively. Like most rookie quarterbacks, we've got to show him one thing, take that away and give him something else. We've got to come away with multiple turnovers off the rookie quarterback. In fact, the Bengals are one in five against rookie quarterbacks going back to, um, I think, the midway of like 2014, 2015. That's right, one in five. That means we've given games to rookie quarterbacks. I think with a rookie quarterback, what you have to do, and what I expect Lou Anaromo and the Bengals to do is 
bring the pressure. You've got to disguise coverages. And you've got to fake pressure and then drop back with zone coverages, steal the passing lane, forcing him to throw hot. Maybe we can get an interception or two. Maybe if we can run some stunts and some schemes up front to free up Trey Hendrickson, we can get a blind shot at the quarterback because I don't think he could read the blitz protections nearly well enough like a big Ben Roethlisberger, not nearly well enough like a veteran quarterback. And I think he'll throw the ball into traffic. Another thing uh, that you're going to see different with the Pittsburgh Steelers, no Chase Claypool, who did have a good game, by the way. Do you know he was their leading rusher in the week one game against the Cincinnati Bengals on those jet sweeps? But they traded him at the trade deadlines, now playing with the Chicago Bears. We wish Chase Claypool well. Now, that means we're going to get uh, Deontay Johnson. And we're going to get the other rookie wide receiver, George Pickens, who I think is lights out. This guy is good enough for the Pittsburgh Steelers to trade a veteran receiver like Chase Claypool. And I think Pickens' better games this season are ahead of him during the second half. Beware of George Pickens, the rookie wide receiver out of Georgia. He is a flat-out baller. Now, I think we don't have to go offering double coverage, but I do think we need to be aware. Uh, Another thing about the Pittsburgh Steelers from week one to now, for whatever reason, they seem to be coming into their own in the run game. Much like the Cincinnati Bengals recently, the Steelers have discovered they too can run the football. They were one of the worst rushing offenses over the last two seasons, by the way. And just last week against the New Orleans Saints, they had their first 200-yard rushing game in the last six seasons, 217 to be exact, against the New Orleans Saints. So that tells you they're starting to find some chemistry. You and I both know after what Nick Chubb did to us and maybe a few other teams who did have some success running the ball against the Bengals, I do believe the Pittsburgh Steelers come in wanting to run the football um, at the Cincinnati Bengals. But we've got Joe Mixon. That's one thing that's different about us. He's coming off the career-high 211 yards from scrimmage, five touchdowns, four of them rushing um, just two weeks ago against the Carolina Panthers. We have a Bengals team that's coming off the bye week, rested and ready to go. All right, we're taking a break, but when we come back, I'm going to tell you what you could expect to see from the Cincinnati Bengals defensive front and how it may play a role in their ability to come out of Pittsburgh with a win. Look, I'm excited for the Cincinnati Bengals because a little birdie told me we're just almost this close to getting back in the middle of our defensive line. DJ Reader, that's right, DJ Reader. If he if he does play in this game against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday, and I'm praying that he does, then I'm telling you right now, we, we got a fighting chance. We got to be able to dominate the line of scrimmage on the defensive side of the ball. And if we get Josh Tupo back as well, then I think we got everything we need. Cincinnati Bengals, as I told you, or, or excuse me, the Pittsburgh Steelers are starting to discover they can run the football. Just had 200-plus yards rushing last week against the Saints. They're going to come in wanting to do that again. So we have to dominate the line of scrimmage. And if we can get D.J. Reader back, Josh Tupo back in the middle of this defensive line, I think we have a really good depth on our D-line. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I think it's proven over the last couple of weeks, but we need that rotation of a four-man interior front that can really stand up to this Pittsburgh Steelers uh, offense that wants to run the football on Sunday. However, you and I both know when the Bengals get off to a fast start and get off to a big lead, you know what that does? It really tests the intestinal fortitude of the Steelers and their willingness to continue to run the ball when they're down 14 points. There are not many teams in this league when they get down by 10 or 14 or 17 points, down by double digits, that's going to keep running the ball. It makes no sense. You got to play catch up, and that means you got to throw the football. So it would behoove us to really put pressure on the Steelers by scoring early. That means Joe Burrow and T. Higgins and Hayden Hurst, Tyler Boyd, they've got to come out working fast. I'm going to give you some numbers and tell you exactly how the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense with T.J. Watt, who is back, by the way, their steal, their pass rush uh, win rate at 21%, that's their pressure rate, excuse me, 21% ranks 31st among all defensive fronts in the NFL. Meanwhile, they also play the highest percentage of man-to-man coverage when they go to pressure the opposing quarterback. That, I'm telling you right now, plays right into our hands. Did you know that Joe Burrow is the highest-rated quarterback in the NFL when under pressure over the last two seasons? He is the absolute best. If you try to blitz him, if you try to pressure him, he tends to be able to identify the receiver who's getting one-on-one coverage and who's winning the one-on-one coverage, and then he begins to win, and he has been known to shred defenses that dare to blitz, that dare to pressure him, and even dare to go one-on-one with the opposing wide receivers. So I'm going to give you another number that should absolutely blow your mind. And if you were to wager on this, not that I'm a gambling man, but gaming is now allowed in the NFL. I'm not going to blame. So think about this. The Pittsburgh Steelers, their secondary, they are allowing opposing receivers all season long an average of 199 yards receiving per game, third most of any defense in the National Football League. Now, guess what? Ironically, the Cincinnati Bengals, just the wide receivers themselves, are averaging 200 receiving yards per game. That's third most in the NFL among just the wide receiving group. Doesn't count the tight ends or the running backs who's catching it out of the backfield. Just our wide receivers alone are putting up those kind of numbers, 200 receiving yards per game. So I do think what the Pittsburgh Steelers want to do defensively, it plays right into our hands. And it should lead to the Pittsburgh Steelers getting off to a fast start in this game. I think it's got to be the key. If they get off to the fast start, seven to ten points in the first quarter, let's see how disciplined the Steelers are going to be giving the ball to Najee Harris, trying to use a running game to play keep away from Joe Burrow and company. I don't think it's going to happen. So. We'll tell you a little bit more because when we come back, my biggest concern heading into week 11 for the Cincinnati Bengals, I think once we're done talking about it, you'll be concerned as well. The Steelers are three and six, 
Cincinnati Bengals 0-3 in the AFC North Division. So not only do we get our first uh, win, uh, win inside of the division, but we get our sixth win of the season. Now, I told you before we went to break, there is one area that concerns me. Because how can you lose um, Chidabe Awuzie, our, um, the highest graded cornerback in the PFF database during the 2021 season, and not be concerned? How can you get one of the best nickel and slot corners in the game and Mike Houghton nicked up? And I hope he's going to be back on Sunday. How can you uh, have him nicked up and not be concerned? I am concerned about our secondary. I wish we could bring back the SWAT team. <laughs> Sorry, I, not me, of course, but Eric Thomas, Dave Fulcher. I wish we could bring back the SWAT team. But we got to live with our guys. And you know what we got to do? We got to live with the young guns. We've got some young guys in the secondary that do give me some optimism. Our second-round pick out of the University of Nebraska, there is no doubt um, that um, Cameron Taylor-Britt is a guy that's going to be up to the challenge. He's going to get more reps, going to get more snaps, playing opposite of Eli Apple. Got to make plays. When you're young, offenses are going to try you, even with a rookie quarterback like Kenny Pickett. This is the week that we begin to have a greater and bigger conversation about Cameron Taylor Britt. Also, coming off the bye week, I expect to see more working into the rotation. If not as a starter, maybe as our nickel, maybe as our dime. Remember coming out of the draft, the thing that we plug the most about Dax Hill coming out of Michigan, the first round pick, is his versatility. This is where it has to show up. Uh, if without Mike Hilton, and even if Mike Hilton plays, we got to have some, we got to get some meaningful reps, meaningful snaps out of Dax Hill. And the young guys have to find the ball. We're talking getting turnovers against this rookie quarterback. That's what's going to help us. And Trey Flowers, we're going to need you, my man. We're going to put you on Pat Fryer move, the second-year tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Trey Flowers has some very special schemes. I don't think he should be outside going one-on-one against the top receivers in our league. But he can take on and play man-to-man coverage against any, and I mean, any tight end in this league, any running back coming out. This is the game where I think he begins to make a presence for himself. So when it comes to Trey Flowers, Dax Hill, Cameron Taylor-Britt, that's where the Cincinnati Bengals, while I have some concerns without Chidabe Awuzie and without maybe Mike Hilton, I feel optimistic with the three young guys that I just talked about, and Trey Flowers, Dax Hill, and, of course, Cameron Taylor-Britt, um, they give me room for optimism. And I love the fact that T. Higgins, in the absence of one Jamar Chase, he knows he's a number one. Every week he's making a big play. We just need more big plays from everybody else, right? But if you were to look at T. Higgins, this guy performs as a number one receiver. And dare I say, after this year, he will be three years into a four-year rookie contract Due for a new deal. He's already outplayed the rookie contract. He is going to get a new deal. He, We don't have, I think we have three number ones to be exact. Now with Chase out, Tyler Boyd, who went to the University of Pittsburgh, by the way, always has something special and stuck work for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's just that kind of dude, a junkyard dog, that every time he goes back home to play, he reminds them of who he is. So we're going to get big games from Tyler Boyd, I have no doubt. 
we're going to get big play from our other number one receiver in T. Higgins. I have no doubt. Can we get another big game? Joe Mixon, we need an encore. Do you want more? That's right. I want more from Joe Mixon in the run game. If we could do that, Bengals come away with their sixth win of the season, their first win inside the AFC North Division, and we're well on our way to win at least five of the next eight games because it's a murderer's row of a schedule. We got, got to start stacking the wins on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Look, it's been another one. Thank you for sitting with me and joining me. I didn't fly totally solo because I had Bengals Nation riding with me right here on the Believe in Bingo podcast delivered by 828 Logistics. We'll be back with more. That's right. Next week, we're going to be talking about a win against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Thank you for joining me, everyone, right here on Valley Sports Ohio. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.